Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this? If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis, break through all of that, working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in, to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want. They are thrilled with your coaching techniques. They're getting the results they want. You feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want. It's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake-up call. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. And I'm so excited to bring you another incredible guest today, Verdell Jessup. Welcome, Verdell. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to be here with your guided health journey. Well, we've just had an amazing conversation before we even got started and we could talk forever, but let me introduce you to the audience and then I will share your amazingness with all of them. So Verdell helps people to regain hope while helping them to heal with Feldenkrais method, somatic experiencing, somatic touch and body readings, which is frequency work. She oozes compassion and empathy for those suffering and is constantly reinforcing that humans are not meant to suffer or live in pain. As an unwavering optimist, she believes every human has the innate ability to heal, even from the most traumatic events or stressful experiences in life. Over her years in practice, she has witnessed miracles, individuals healing from what individuals believed was unfathomable. Unfathomable. And their life sentence. So Verdell, I love, love, love the work that you do. And it's so in alignment with the work that I do. And I also truly believe that our human body is 
designed to heal. We just have to create the environment for it to do so. And before we dive into your work, though, I'd love you to share your story of what brought you to this. Um, Yeah, it was a, a catalyst. In 2004, my mom got a diagnosis of Lou Gehrig's disease, and it was watching her deteriorate. Uh, and she had a quick decline. And the biggest piece about watching my mother decline so, so quickly, basically having the disease eat her alive from the inside, was that my mom had worked, spent her whole life working one-on-one with physically or mentally challenged kids in a regular classroom setting. And what I was witnessing in front of me was that my mom was getting all of the ailments or symptoms that the kids had had. And I was looking around being like, is no one else seeing this? And I thought my mom had a life sentence that she needed to pay. And that's why her life was taken at 56 years old. So after I lost my mom, I was working at the university in Kamloops and in the adventure studies program. And it just wasn't a fit for me anymore. I was shut down. My tear ducts weren't working and I had all of this grief just stuck inside of me. And so I looked for an escape route. My contract was ending. They wanted to renew it. And I was like, I need out. No one could have convinced me. So I quickly decided that I was going to move overseas and to make a go at volunteering for a minimum a year. And because of my tourism background, I thought, let's start with Bhutan. Bhutan has this amazing model, less tourists, but higher cost, um, higher value to what you're receiving. And so I sent out 24 emails to different organizations. Within two weeks, I had someone who got back to me and said, let me have a week or two and I'll see what I can do. This is an amazing opportunity that you'll volunteer for a year. And so within a week, I basically received a letter with my name on it, signed by his Royal Highness. Oh, wow. Third King's brother that I had a visa for one year. I was like, oh my gosh, was it that easy? So I ended up, packing my stuff and moving to Bhutan. In the end, I spent two years living in Bhutan. And just out of interest, what years was this? Yeah, this was 2006. So Mm -hmm. February of 2006. And I came back in 2008. Okay. And so there I went to Bhutan and my job was to be a tourism consultant Mm -hmm. and look at potential opportunities that could be introduced to Bhutan or areas where I could start to improve the existing tourism. Right. And luckily the gentleman who was responsible for my well-being, who helped me get the visa, he was appointed of my gatekeeper. He needed to know where I was at all times. And him and I, Yeshe and I got along amazingly. And he was working on a photography bird book, So I was able to take a map out of Bhutan and be like, there must be excellent birds here. (laughs) Let's go here. (laughs) And what it really introduced me to was no one knew my past. Right. So I kind of, you know, if my my life was a whiteboard, I kind of wiped it clean or Mm -hmm. packed it in Pandora's box and decided I'm not going to open this. Right. I'm, I'm just going to Bhutan. Well, the universe always works in very mysterious ways. Yes. 
because I was only in Bhutan a month and I had already networked fairly well with a, a bunch of Bhutanese artists and was at a potluck with all of them. And one of them stood up and said, I need someone to volunteer to teach English. And I just said, to who? And she's like, dirty, smelly little monks. And I was like, oh my gosh, sign me up. Like, this is my dream. <laughs> so I ended up with a class of 54. The youngest would have been five, the oldest 25. And I had 50 of them. Right. Well, what the universe wanted to show me is that we can lose our moms in different ways. Right. And most of those monks, not by choice, ended up in the monastery. Mm-hmm. Their families out of desperation, necessity, right. put a son or multiple into the monastery because they couldn't feed them anymore or house them. Right. So now I'm here with a group of little monks that have also lost their mothers. Yes. And connection with family, which I chose to remove myself from my family system for a year Mm -hmm. and they didn't. And so some of them would try to run away to get back to their families and their families would just bring them back. And I realized Mm -hmm. that all our hearts are hurting. Mm -hmm. And a few of them I took in and started mothering them. They would come to my little apartment on the weekend and I would bathe them, wash the robes, feed them. But they were teaching me more than probably what I was teaching them. And so at the end of two years, when I came back, I realized how much that impacted me, particularly the time with the monks, because my body showed me what was going on. When I left Bhutan, I ended up with rashes on both hands. And on the inside here are both heart points. And I realized that they had opened up my heart which had been closed for so long. And Mm -hmm. a few of them that I spent the most time with, they couldn't say goodbye to me when I was leaving. Because again, another woman was was abandoning them again. And so when I came back um, to Canada, a friend in Vancouver basically said, you can't go back to the university. Even if they offer you a job, you're not allowed to go back. It was sucking your life out of you. And that I should start studying the Feldenkrais method. And I had already gone when she was in her training and, you know, sat in her classes for two days and participated and was like really interested. But at that time I was still doing a degree and then ended up working at the university. So when I came back, she was like, I'm paying you to go like to a workshop, a weekend retreat, and I'm going to pay for you to go see a trainer, the trainer who's going to be hosting the training in Canada and give you two lessons with him. And then at the end of that, you can decide. I was sold. What a gift. (laughs) It was amazing. Amazing. So I started the Feldenkrais method and I really didn't realize because I had grown up on a farm and been so active and always physically fit that how stiff I was. I was really quite rigid. And what happened during the training, the trainer kept being like, it's like you've broken your back. You have these metal rods up your spinous rexus. Like what is going on? Which falls back to my own trauma of whatever reason, my nervous system as a child became so stressed that Mm -hmm. anything really medical. It started out medical and then it shifted more into everyday things, but anything medical based, um, even just going to visit a doctor, I would faint. 
So the stress level became so high that my autonomic nervous system decided if you can't run, if you can't fight, you're You're just going to faint and freeze. (laughs) So there I was situation after situation of like, oh, they're pulling me off the floor again. Or I just knocked over a bunch of filing cabinets when I was 14 years old. And even when I went to acupuncture in my 20s um, during the Feldenkrais method, you know, uh, my colleague, he put some needles in the head and I said, you have to take them out. Like, it's like, I feel lightning bolts going. And he's like, you're too sensitive. Well, what did I do? I fainted, uh, you know, in my tw- uh, 25 years old, I was living in Whistler um, before I actually started working for the university. And I went to physio because I rode my mountain bike too much. And at physio, they put the little rapid fire, little pads, and they have this little device. I had a full-blown seizure and I told her it's too strong. And she, the physiotherapist just said, it's on the lowest setting. And I'd be like, it's too strong. And well, afterwards, well, tell me, she was apologetic. She was terrified of what just happened. Yes, I bet. And so over time, I've realized that wow, I'm really off the charts for sensitivity. So anything electrical, I can't go anywhere near. And it's probably because of, as a child, having lightning hit our house. Right. I was just a little baby and they figured out that I got a charge. And then growing up on a farm that I actually got caught for two times for certain that I can remember in the electric fence. Right. And so this in many ways, near electrocution actually started to present itself as fainting. Everything was just too much right. to eventually me in when I came to the somatic experiencing and did a near-death workshop with Peter Levine himself, the first thing he wrote on the board was fainting. And I was like, oh no, we're here for eight days. Like, <laughs> And the second thing he wrote on the board was CR, uh, surgeries. And the friend that was there with me, we had just finished the somatic experiencing trauma training. She had had 13 surgeries at the time. And so we both looked at each other and we're like, we're screwed. (laughs) And the two of us came undone in that training because the training went right into the vortex of both of our traumas. Right. But partway through the Feldenkrais method, I started realizing that I had certain limitations to not only my mental beliefs of what I could or mm-hmm. could do or thought I was capable of doing, mm-hmm. but also the physical component to it of like, oh, my mom used to always say no W sitting. Like you weren't allowed to sit in front of the TV with your feet behind you right, and your knees out in front of you. Yeah. But in the Feldenkrais method, it's like, well, no, we need our sacrum to be actually to be able to W sit, but also come the other way. And it's, it's not good for a child just to sit one way, but how do we have more options of how we're right. sitting? And so the Feldenkrais taught me so much and really started to laser focus my awareness of how I put my socks on in the morning. Like what sock, you know, what am I thinking about when I put a sock on or how I brush my teeth? And now every other night I'm switching from my dominant hand to my non-dominant hand. And sometimes I'm doing other things at the same time because I want to keep my neuroplasticity as alive and fluid and neuroplastic as possible. So partway through the Feldenkrais training, the same friend who had already become a Feldenkrais practitioner said, they don't teach us about trauma. 
And everyone who comes to Feldenkrais is often because of an injury. They want to repair and get their function back. Right. So this particular friend is like, we need trauma counseling. And I was like, I'm not even through this training. How am I going to do another training? And so she came with all the research and I was like, I can't study in England. It's like, there's no way I'm not finished this one. So my compromise was if she could find something in the same time zone yep. that I, and not across an ocean, that I would definitely start a trauma training. And so that's how I came introduced to somatic experiencing still through the somatic experiencing being three years and it's broken up into modules. I didn't realize I had trauma and especially with what was happening in the training, the trainer would teach, Mm -hmm. do a demo, and then we'd break up into triads and go practice. But what I was witnessing and seeing, I thought everyone was acting like it was so dramatic but it was just that I was so shut down that right. in my own organization, it was out of my capacity. And the moment we started touch work in the third year, mm-hmm. it was like opening Pandora's box. Right. And a can of worms emerged because I was so shut down mm-hmm. that there was no movement. So when someone put their hands on me, my body would perceive them safe or not safe. Right. If they were not safe, I went into a feigning pattern and I was right. like, oh my gosh, this is exhausting. Right. And so eventually, and thankfully, I haven't fainted since 2010. I've come close a few times, but I've figured out my neural pathways that I can reroute rather than going on that old, old railroad track. Right, right. And so I'm ever grateful for somatic experiencing, particularly because it helped shift my physiology because mm-hmm. I'm not sure where I would be today in 2023 if I hadn't got all of that charge out of my system. Yeah. And I was so shut down that my tear ducts had stopped working. My affect was limited and I was really just literally frozen, Mm -hmm. but in a sense where in somatic experiencing, the analogy would be, was I was shut down, but I also had the gas on all the way, the pedal to the metal. And so I was on destination to burnout. Yes. I was just going to say adrenal burnout is exactly what I hear there. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And so again, I'm so thankful that I was able to recognize that and get the help that I needed. And a big piece was working through um, what's called fluid trauma. And so then that's kind of where the somatic touch work comes in, which is the work of Kathy Kane. Mm -hmm. And in her specific touch trainings for somatic experiencing practitioners, she's teaching um, car accidents, vectors of impact, Um, surgeries, scars, and fluid. Well, during the fluid lecture, I was ready to jump jump out of my skin. I was sweating. I was cold and clammy. The two colleagues of mine looked at me and were like, what's wrong with you? And Kathy Kane says, if anyone has fluid trauma, they're going to look horrible right now and wanting to like hit the escape button. (laughs) 
and get out of this room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have loved to be the demo, but I wasn't the demo, but I ended up getting the whole classroom's attention because when we broke out into triads, I went to the practitioner um, that was assisting us. And I was like, I definitely have fluid trauma and you can't go very far because I don't think this is going to be pretty. And the work for fluid trauma is really just coming in to work kind of with the the lymphatic system. Right. The moment they touched into that, my whole body was like shutting down. The only way to describe it was like, I had 3 million ants and they all came together form a shield over me. Right. And then the assistant went and got Kathy Kane and came over and Kathy had someone screaming at me, my name. And Kathy just started pounding me and telling me that I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, when I came out of it, I was just like, what just happened? Which is so fascinating in itself because my whole life that I can remember I've had skin conditions Mm -hmm. and I've gone to doctors. I've had cortisol rubbed over my whole body as a child, as a teenager, I would put cortisol cream on my hands and have to wear gloves to bed with elastic. So they didn't come off. And I was like, are you telling me that my skin conditions are because of fluid trauma and all the near electrocution? Uh Uh-huh. Because then I went down to see another one of my trainers, Steve Terrell, who's in Austin And when I was down working with him, he's like, what do you want to work on? And I was like, I am done with fluid trauma. So let's go in. Well, what he unleashed was my whole fluid system. And for three days, I walked around as the Pillsbury Doughboy in Austin, (laughs) Texas in the humidity. Because my fluid moved, but I didn't know where to go or how to process it. And he's giggling. You're going to have to buy new clothes before you leave. And I was like, "Mm -mm, this has to change. Um, And it did. Thankfully, it took three days. And then the inflammation and all the fluid got absorbed and processed through me. When I flew back into Vancouver, the same friend who said, you must do the Feldenkrais method and the somatic experience training picked me up at the airport. And I told her nothing about what I was doing in Texas. And she looked at me threw up my skirt, started touching me and was like, oh my gosh, what did he do? Your skin is different. And I was like, stop touching me. And yes, my skin is different. So the impact that all of these little things that can happen to us as a child that we're conscious of or unconscious of somehow gets stored, layered, becomes a symptom or a shutdown piece or an over alert piece in these beautiful bodies that we call our home. And so I'm ever so grateful for the path I'm on. And as crazy as it sounds, if I didn't lose my mom in 2005, I'm not sure where I would be today because even though it was the greatest and still the greatest loss in my life, my mom passing also gave me the greatest gift to start to catapult me on my own journey. And now where I am today, I look back and go, oh my gosh, my mom and I are so similar because I'm doing very similar work. My mom was doing it just in a different environment in a classroom setting where I'm actually doing it in a practice setting. And it really, every day, I just keep shaking my head being like, 
you know, did you know this all along that I was going to do with this? But (laughs) I've always been really sensitive and so much that even in the somatic experiencing training one day on break, all the practitioners, my colleagues said to me, when were you born? Like, what's your natal chart? And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And so they asked for all the information, they plugged Mm -hmm. it in and then they sat there and went, Ooh, ah, that's why. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, Oh, we're just reading about your soul and what it's like (laughs) and what you're going through and how sensitive you are. And, and I was like, okay. And they're like, yeah, like anything abnormal, like what was it like growing up? And then eventually they dug enough that I was like, well, my mom did take me to psychics. My early memory is six years old. And they all looked at me and they're like, what, what mother takes their six year old? (laughs) And so, you know, I wish my mom was alive because I think my mom knew something about me or knew how different I was or how sensitive or special or something Mm -hmm. she was really trying to foster. Right have the words or maybe the, the knowledge of how to embrace that. So I am ever so grateful for my mother, even my dad, because as a child, I was a very particular child. If I said I wanted a bicycle and I said I wanted a blue bike, don't dare bring me a different color bike because I'm not going to budge. Right. Because my mind knows that that color creates a frequency that is beneficial for me getting on it that I'm not going to compromise. And so, yeah, I am grateful, but our bodies basically hold every experience, whether we remember it or not, and it can lead to some crazy, mysterious illnesses. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there's a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. I agree a hundred percent with you and I see it too in the work that I do. And, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to heal, right? And when people are healing, it is a journey and there, you may start here and then that opens up this and then you, you go to the next step, which is basically what you were doing as well. And so, yes, when I work with my NLP tools and my timeline therapy, that's exactly what I'm tapping into is everything that's stored in that unconscious mind and helping to release it. But I love how you're working with, you know, frequencies and energy, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just talk about that, the importance of frequencies. Frequencies are more and more important in many ways that they have existed for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we see how the pyramids were built in not only in Egypt, but in other countries around the world, because there's other pyramids and they were all using frequencies. They were actually also using the earth's energy to create electricity. Mm-hmm. And so each individual, like right now I have a certain frequency but I have the ability to shift my frequency. If I go and have a beer, 
I'm not going to raise my frequency, but I'm going to lower my frequency. If I continue to have multiple and then repeat it a few days in a row, I'm lowering my frequency. And so if everyone can understand that, so we can put stuff in us that increases our frequency or decreases also Mm -hmm. the environment which we're in. Mm -hmm. So if I hang out with negative individuals or toxic individuals, they are going to pull down my frequency. Yes. Which then I don't understand why I'm not sleeping very well, why I'm constantly getting sick. And often as people's frequencies dive, they also get more and more attracted to black and not having color. And so all their wardrobe is now black or gray. And, you know, it's a great example here in in the wintertime, maybe not so much in Whistler on the ski hill, but if you go to the streets of Vancouver, Toronto, or Ottawa, almost everyone is dressed in black. And that's really showing where their frequencies are, where Mm -hmm. if you try clearing out your cupboard of everything black or gray and just putting vibrant colors like your beautiful purple sweater, yellows, oranges, greens, how different you'll feel. And also the different energy you will attract. Mm -hmm. Um, This fall, I went and assisted a somatic experiencing advanced training in Portland, quite short notice and love thrift stores. And so I went in and I was like, okay, gosh, it's all really dreary in here. Where's the brightest thing? And the brightest thing was this bright yellow dress that I lifted it up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so not me, but can I pull it off? And I went to the changing room and I put it on and I was like, I look like little Miss Sunshine and it did perfect. (laughs) And I was like, okay, it's $20. I wore it the next day and I was staying at a little um, hostel kind of a hotel. And I was walking 40 minutes to the training every morning and night back. And I wore the yellow dress. I've never had so much attention. Like people ran out of their houses at seven o'clock in the morning and be like, Oh my gosh, that's such a cute color. And the dress, the color, even at night, late at night, 10 o'clock at night, walking back, every individual who saw me commented. And I was like, people want that color, but they just don't know how to shift Mm -hmm. the frequency in their life. Then I've also trained with um, Dr. Ibram Karim, who's the founder of biogeometry. And he is an Egyptian um, scientist and architect. And he's developed a bunch of symbols, shapes using colors in order to balance whether it's our body environment, EMF, 5G, the ley lines as well. And that is profound. And that takes it to a whole other level when we're actually looking at where am I living and what is the frequency of my home and what earth lines are, is it on? And are these affecting my health detrimentally? And we can actually look at research where say someone gets sick in their home and they developed, I'm going to use some type of a spleen disease. If they die and their relative moves in and stays in the bed in the same location, they will end up with the same thing. And people think it's coincidence, but they don't think about where the bed is. The bed could be on two detrimental earth lines 
that is creating such a disturbance that it's causing the kidney or the spleen to get disease and to actually take someone's life. So frequencies are everywhere. And so when someone comes to work with me and they're lying down on a table and I'm working with their kidneys and their adrenal, cause I'm doing my favorite work is how trauma is stored specifically in the body, in the mm-hmm. tissues and the fluid. So I'm touching as you can be talking and telling me about your trauma, but my frequency is a certain level. And I truly am mindful of what I am putting in my body. So I eat only organic food. I've never been a drinker in my life. I've never been drunk. I don't do any drugs, um, hallucinogenics. I'm not microdosing because I can get to places in my own body and mind and brain chemicals without using any substances. So what often people say with that when I'm touching them is almost like I'm bringing a flashlight wherever it's like a beam of light is coming in and it's like i'm trying to remove or shine light to where we need to be cleaning and how i describe it is more like a uv light coming in right i'm coming in and like literally or luke skywalker (laughs) i'm cleaning out i'm bringing up the frequency of whatever's going on in the body and it's amazing what can really happen How I also use frequencies is for body reading and a body reading. The best way to describe it is that I'm a satellite dish. Your system is a radio station and it's 99.1. And so I use a pendulum to tune in to the radio station with your permission, 99.1. And your system will tell me specifically where it has excess deficiencies and where it needs support. So we're really looking for the dis-ease in the body. And it's um, this work for me is profound. Again, the same friend who got me to do the other things went and saw a practitioner in Burnaby and said, you're going to do what she does. So you better go visit her. And so I went and she's like, why are you here? And I was like, because I'm going to do what you do. And she says, you're right. No one else, everyone I teach doesn't do it. They're too afraid of it, but you're going to do it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, here we go again. So that is fascinating work. And so when I'm doing a reading for someone, I'm looking for the three top priorities. And I'm looking at, is it in an organ, a cell, a tissue, a fluid, a gland? Is it a body part? Is it a different type of a condition? And the pendulum will just swing. So if it's an organ, then I'm going to the organ list and Mm -hmm. seeing what organ needs support. And once I get that, I don't need to know why it needs support. I just need to know how it wants to be supported. So then I have like probably a hundred different sheets of different remedies, herbs, tinctures, teas, flower essence, vitamins, sound therapy, color therapy, neurology is in there. And again, I'm just waiting for the pendulum to swing. And when someone contacts me with a typically a mysterious illness, I don't want them to tell me anything. Right. I'm just like, I just need your date of birth, your legal given name and a recent headshot. And I'm sitting down to do it. And when I send it back to them, often I get back. How did you know that? And I'm like, I still don't know it. I just wrote down where the pendulum swung. And some, even some of the remedies I'm getting better now when something comes up, but I had one uh, client from Saskatoon contact me on all of her legs. She had blood pooling underneath her skin 
And she had been through every medical procedure to try to get it to stop, even radiation. And everyone was like, this is just something you have to live with. And so I was like, I don't believe there's anything that we have to live with. Right. So I did a reading for her and a bunch of, it wanted to remove some things out of her diet. A big part of her reading also wanted to help gently start to get the fluid moving again. So like time T is a really big one to help gently start to flush mm. our system of toxins. And again, the key word is gentle because we don't want to create things moving and have it damned because it's not open. And then another piece that her body wanted, what she wanted is shepherd's purse tincture. I was like shepherd's purse tincture. Like, you know, your body wants seven drops in the morning in water and seven drops at night daily for three months. And I was like, I just have to trust. And right. I send it to her. I don't think anything of it. The body readings are typically for three months. In three months time, she writes me and she's like, it's gone. And I'm like, that's fantastic. In the meantime, in my own backyard in Kamloops, because I have a house there that I rent out, I bring someone there to do landscape. And the guy looks down on the ground, and he picks it up. He's like, huh, you have shepherd's purse growing in your backyard. And I was like, I have what? What is growing in my backyard? Like, And again, I come back to the universe is really mysterious of how it puts things in my own backyard where most people would be like, oh, you have invasive weeds. And I was like, no, I have a lot of things that have tons of medicinal properties that are showing up for me to learn in the most organic way. And so when I'm working doing body readings, we're really looking at supplements that come in or, you know, we're taking things food out or a beverage out for a while that actually starts to help bring the frequency up. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, whatever the supplement or tincture that your body wants to take, if you read up on it, it might not even match the reading because it's looking at, it's a specific frequency that your body is requesting, right? Not specifically that tincture. Right. And so we have to be really open with our mind when we get our body reading and being like, oh, she's so off. Or I had a prof from a university in California get a body reading. And when she received it, she wrote to me and she says, this must be wrong. It's because when I look at that color or listen to that sound therapy, it makes me sick. And I said, no, I guarantee you, we got the right one. You have to tolerate it. Because it's moving, it's so blocked that it's going to feel horrible. Like you just want to move away from it. But what we really need to do is we need to move through it. Yes. And I'm sure with your own health, when we go to Western doctors, they want to give us a pill that wants to suppress it and move yes. around it, opposed to going organically at it, that we actually need to go into the middle of it and figure out what's going on. How do we shift this? So I love frequency work of like, and just start noticing even of like, when you go to a friend's house, does that friend's environment lift you up or does it bring you down? And does that particular friend lift you up or bring you down? And that's really, I guess, the best explanation for frequency. Well, I love that and so clear. And I, I just love all that you've shared from your story, which is absolutely fascinating. And to coming back full circle, as we so often do, and looking at it with 2020 hindsight 
and some gratitude that your mother passed because it allowed you to find your purpose and your passion. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing. We, I know we could talk for hours more, but <laughs> I want to ask you, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? Far too often people are saying, oh no, you know, I just don't feel well today. It's, it's okay. And we keep putting off going and getting support. And if there was one thing I could say to anyone, advice for anyone younger than me or older than me is don't wait till it's an emergency. When you feel your system being a little bit off, that's when we need to reach out for a little bit of support. We're humans. We all need a social system and support. And it doesn't mean any less of us. If I go see a counselor, I go for hypnotherapy, I go and sit in a sauna, whatever it might be, we need to figure out how to take care of the little um, dysregulations early on. Because there's far too many people who end up with a wake-up call where they're having stage four cancer and they said, I didn't know about it. So true. And when we do deal with it early on, it's so much easier to bring the body back into balance and out of that dis-ease state. So yes. Now, how can people get in touch with you if they would like to learn more and possibly work with you? And I know you have a gift for my listeners as well. So please share all of that. Yes. So for the first 10 individuals who reach out, they get 50% off a session, whether that's in person. And I work virtually. I work in Kamloops. I have an office I go up to once a month. And I also see clients in West Vancouver. And so that can be virtual or in person or a body reading. So the first 10 people who reach out to me. And the easiest way to reach out to me is through my um, website. And so it's verdelljessup.com. And um, Verdell is spelled V-E-R-D-E-L-L. And there's not too many Verdells in the world. So you're most likely to have one of my, like my website pop up pretty early on in your search engine. And uh, I love, I absolutely love helping people because we are not supposed to be suffering. There is a way to heal and to feel hopeful again and not spend any time in the hopelessness. And we're also not supposed to do it alone, right? We can't possibly know everything. And so having, you know, a network of people that can help us in our health journey is as equally as important as having a network of people in our social life, our business life, et cetera. So, yeah, thank you so much. And just as we wrap up, is there any last message you'd like to share with the audience? Yes. One is to actually to men. If there's any men listening is that often men won't go to therapy. They'll buy another toy. They'll go for another drink. They'll watch another sporting event. And it's far too often that men aren't getting the support that they need. And in my office, when I have a man come in, I ask them what their social network is. What is their support team? And most of them don't have, they might have buddies they go drinking with, but they don't have anyone that they're telling their pains and their strains and the relationship stuff too. And so far too often we're seeing men and family members, husbands, dads commit suicide and please don't let it get to that point. Reach out and get the support that you need early on. It doesn't mean that you're less of a man or that you're weak. We all need support. 
we do all need support and it actually takes strength to reach out. So thank you for sharing that message. It's a very, very important message. And to the listeners, thank you all for joining us here today. Thank you for Verdell for all of your wisdom and sharing. And if this episode resonates with you and you know someone that needs to listen to it, please send it to them because all Verdell is trying to do, all I'm trying to do is provide resources to people and give them options. And as you've said, Verdell, give them hope because when we have hope, the body can keep healing. It's when we give up and we lose that hope that the body will, will not heal anymore. So this message of hope, please share it. And thanks again so much, Verdell, for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.